We are starting a new series today called Light Has Come. And I wanted to share a, a short story with you from when I was still little. And some of you might have heard this. I'm not sure if I've told it before. So if some of you heard it, just bear with me. But I think um, this is something we can all at some point in our lives associate with. So when I was little, I had a, not a significant, like a serious fear of the dark, but as all children, I had a bit of a fear of the dark, but I had a way around the dark, okay? And it was not switching a light on. My parents weren't the kind of parents who, who believed in leaving the light on, so they kind of like left, they were like, deal with your fear. So this was my trick. I covered my head with my blanket. And then I had a little New Testament Bible, like similar to those one from the Gideons, and that Bible I would put under my pillow. So that was like my Jesus fort, okay? Like the Bible under my pillow, the blanket over my head, no matter what was lurking in the dark, they couldn't get into that holy place. They couldn't get into that. It was like my Jesus bubble. I was protected. I was safe. And I think although we might not be afraid of the dark in the same way that we were afraid of the dark when we were little, I think we still fear the darkness often. And 2020 was a year, I think, that, that was filled with a lot of darkness in different ways. Just this week at our community groups, we had a discussion about how short the year felt on the one hand side because the year, we were what, like three months in? And then we were in lockdown for, for a couple of months, and now we're at the end of the year. And it feels like the year passed so quickly, like you almost cannot keep up with the year. But at the same time, almost everyone said that emotionally they are exhausted. It's like the darkness that came with this year, whether it was um, being disconnected from people you love, whether it was losing your job, whether it was struggling financially, the darkness that came with this year, illness, people dying all around us, left us exhausted. And darkness is often associated with a lot of things. But here's a couple of things that happen when we find ourselves in a place of darkness. Just imagine for a moment that this room is physically dark. You move slower. And I think a lot of people might have experienced it during COVID, right? During our lockdown, that your productivity went down. Often we wander aimlessly in the dark. We don't know where we're going because we can't see where we're going. We are fearful because we can't see the danger. Even as adults, when you're lying in bed, your doors are locked. Still, we sometimes, we know the reality of South African violent crime, so still sometimes you wake up with fear in your heart, with that moment of anxiety where you're like, feel like you have to protect your family of some, and, and there might not even be something in your house. But because we can't see, we are sometimes afraid of the danger that we can't see. But the beauty is that fear dissipates with the light of dawn. The moment the sun starts shining, the moment we can see, we can get our direction again. We don't wander around aimlessly. We don't feel afraid. And we're starting this series, Light Has Come, because in a year that was filled with a lot of darkness, I do believe that we need significant light in our life. And therefore, our first topic in this series, Light Has Come, our first topic today is darkness holds no power. And it might feel to you like the darkness of 2020 it has power over you. It might feel like you're still stuck in it, but darkness doesn't hold power over us. And today I want to read you 
a beautiful scripture from the book of Isaiah. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open to Isaiah 9, but it's also going to be on the screen. In Isaiah 9, the people, the two tribes of Israel, the split kingdom, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, the north was already facing the Assyrians, the enemies that were living in darkness. The southern kingdom was will soon be conquered as well. And, then the pro- and people were feeling like they were living in darkness. And then the prophet gives them a prophecy, a beautiful word that darkness doesn't have power over them. Isaiah 9, I'm reading from the New Living Translation from verse 1. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Quickly read that with me, that last couple of words. The time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. If you're watching this online, type it into the comments that darkness will not go on forever. He says the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders, you will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warriors and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned and they will be filled. They will be fueled for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is a scripture that gets quoted in the New Testament over and over and over again. But it is interesting to me that the prophet, for a couple of chapters, he talked to them about the darkness they were living in. And then when he starts chapter 9, without an explanation, without anything, he he starts it out super strong. He starts it out, nevertheless, despite suffering, despite darkness, despite despair, despite everything that you've experienced, this is how he starts. Darkness and despair will not go on forever. It's like, what do you mean? How will it work? He's like, before we talk about the details, before I explain it to you, I want you to remember that just as the sun comes up every morning and darkness, the darkness of night goes away, so the darkness you might be facing emotionally, the darkness you might be facing spiritually or mentally, will not go on forever. Why does he start that way? Because these same people that's facing darkness now have seen over and over throughout the history of Israel that darkness does not last forever. Because numerous times when they were facing difficulty, God came through. But the problem is that when we're facing darkness, it feels like it drags on forever. Think about this for a moment. The last week or two before you go on December holidays... 
Don't they feel longer than any other week of the year? The last week feels like it doesn't want to end, right? You're like, come on, watch what's wrong with you, like tick faster or something. It feels like that week, it takes forever. When you're facing sickness or pain, it's, it's six weeks that I've been in the moon boot. This has been the six longest weeks of my life because I couldn't help myself. I was on crutches most of the time. Times of darkness and despair feels like it drags on forever. And the longer it feels like it's dragging on, the more it feels like it has control and power over us. And he knew that these people were feeling like the darkness has been dragging on forever. He knew that they were feeling like darkness had control over their lives, like darkness had power over their lives. So without explanation, he starts with these strong words to remind them, darkness does not last forever. Whatever you are facing in your life, whatever you faced in 2020, whatever felt like it's not coming to an end, it will not last forever. All the gloom of the previous chapters, all the darkness gets dispelled by this verse. Suddenly the light just drives it away. And you might feel today like the darkness in your life is just too much to to go away. I know some of you faced significant challenges in 2020. And some of you are still facing insane challenges. And some of them will carry over into 2021. I don't want to tell you today that everything is just going to disappear at the snap of a finger, but the darkness will not last forever. And this is the beauty of darkness. And I want to illustrate this to you this morning with a simple illustration. Okay, so what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to switch the lights off. So if you're watching online, your screen didn't go blank. Okay, we're going to switch the lights off. There's no windows in this room, so it's going to be nice and dark. We've got a couple of equipment, some equipment that's still going to leave a bit of light. But I want you to show you something. Let's get the lights off. Let's just take in the darkness. If you've got a phone, block that light off. This is pretty dark. I don't know if you guys can see me. I cannot see you at all. But this is the the beauty, no matter how dark, no matter how big the darkness is around you, even the smallest light can light up the darkness. And now my lighter is dying in this moment. Let's try again. Even the smallest light can dispel the darkness. And this is not a significant light. You might see a thumb. Sometimes the lighter dies. The little light you were holding onto dies. You might see my thumb or my hand this morning. And you might feel like, Louis, this is my life at the moment. It's so dark. No, no matter what I do, the light that you're talking about is so insignificant that it's going to light up a little part of my life, but it cannot drive the darkness that I'm experiencing away. But I want to tell you this morning that the light that the prophet is talking about is not a small little dumb light. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't bring a little fire, a little lighter fire into this world. Jesus brought an ultra bright light into this world. He didn't come to light up your hand. He didn't come to light up a little way before you. The Bible says that he came to light up your life, to light up the path in front of you. 
And that is what the prophet is trying to explain to you. This is not a little light. This is not a dim light. This is a significant light. And he goes on in verse 3 to verse 5 to explain to them how significant this light is. Because we can feel like this is the only light we have in our life at the moment. A little lighter light. But he tells them, listen, when the light of Jesus falls on your life, this is what happens. He says, everything that felt like it was not growing, like it was dying, suddenly it will start growing. He says, the nation of Israel will enlarge again. He says, suddenly tears turn into joy, into rejoicing. He talks about harvest, the hard work that you put in and it felt like nothing came from it. Suddenly that turns into a harvest. There was a drought, but still you have food to harvest. He talks about wars that are won. You were fighting and it felt like you weren't going anywhere, but suddenly the wars are won. Slavery is ended. The enemy is destroyed. The oppressors, the reign is ended. And not just are wars won, but wars get ended to such an extent that they take their armor, they take the clothes that are soaked in blood, and it becomes fuel for the fire. They never need it again because Jesus is no small light. In verse 6, he talks about Jesus, the son that will be given to us. And one of the names that is used for this Jesus, he will be called the mighty God. And I have no idea what some of you are going through at this moment in your life. Some of your stories I do know, and some of them are much darker and much more significant than the challenges I've ever faced in my life. But I want to tell you, no matter what you are facing, the mighty God doesn't shine a dim light into your life. He doesn't just light up your hand. He wants to light up your whole life. He wants to show you the path again. He wants to turn your tears into rejoicing. He wants to turn hatred into love. He wants to turn struggles into a harvest. He's the mighty God. He's not a little God. He's not an idol. He's not a God built by human hands. And I'm sure these people, the question on their lips might have been, but who is this child? Who is this child that will be called the mighty God? And for years and years, the Jewish people expected a Messiah. And time and time again, God sent a prophet to tell them that a Messiah is coming. And finally, he did come. And some people missed him. But in the book of John, in John 1, John just tells us a story of Jesus so beautifully in John 1. And if you've never read it, go and read John 1, the first chapter when you get home. But in John 1, we read how Jesus was with God from the beginning because Jesus is God. We serve a triune God. So it's one God, three persons. How does it work? I don't know. And you won't know either because God is bigger than our understanding. But it's one God in three persons. And Jesus from the beginning was part of that. He was part of creation. But creation fell into darkness because we keep messing up. We keep making mistakes. We keep doing stupid things. But then finally we read this in John 1 verse 4. The word that is Jesus. Jesus gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. He gave life, but that life turned 
dark because of our mistakes, but then His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You see, who is this child that will be called Mighty God? That child, hundreds of years later, is born, and His name is Jesus. And throughout the Bible, time and time again, Jesus is referred to not only the truth, not only the way to God, but Jesus is referred to as the light. And not just a light for here, a light for all eternity. In fact, in Revelations 21 verse 23, we read that in God's new creation, in His new city, the new Jerusalem that will come after our earth as we know it has ended There won't be a sun or a moon to bring light to God's new world. Because Revelation 21, 23 tells us that Jesus is light. Constantly, we will constantly be in light, not because of artificial lighting, not because of the sun, but because we will be in the presence of Jesus, and Jesus is light. I want to tell you today, don't get distracted by all the bells and whistles of Christmas in the 21st century. There's nothing wrong with lights, with Christmas lights and with presents and all of that. In fact, they should serve as a reminder of the true light. All the Christmas lights and everything we do should serve as a reminder of Jesus' light that came into this world. But don't get so distracted by consumerism and buying presents and gifts and putting up lights and Christmas trees that you forget what this light is about. You see, the light of Jesus cannot be extinguished by darkness. It cannot be extinguished by consumerism. It cannot be extinguished by illness. It cannot be extinguished by curses. It cannot be extinguished by the devil. It cannot be extinguished. I know there's a lot of fighting in, amongst Christians in Christmas time over should a Christmas tree be put up or not? Is it good? Is it bad? Should lights be put up? I want to tell you, it doesn't matter. Christmas is not about a tree or a light. Put one up if you want. Because no matter what the history of Christmas is, the light of Jesus cannot be extinguished by darkness. It shines brighter than any darkness in this world. It shines brighter than your mistakes. It shines brighter than the issues you're facing. Your darkness isn't bigger than the light of Jesus. Your darkness isn't bigger than the light He wants to bring into your life. I was like, that's cool, Louis, but I need that light, and I don't feel like, you know, I feel like I'm walking around with a little lighter. How do I get that light in my life? In John 8, verse 12, this is the words of Jesus himself. And this is what he says. Jesus spoke to the people once more, and this is what he told them. He said, I am the light of the world. Just in case anyone missed it, just in case you didn't get the the prophecy that Jesus is the mighty God, just in case you didn't get John 1 that Jesus, the word, was and is the light. Jesus himself tells us, I am the light. And this is how you receive the light. Jesus says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. This is how simple it is to receive the light of Jesus. All you need, Jesus says, is this. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be the perfect spot in your life. 
All you need to do is follow me. Jesus took every hurdle away. See, if we want lights in this building, we need electricity. We need a wall socket. We need plugs. We need extension cable. We need a power substation. We need ESCOM to actually make power and not put us in load shedding. We need so much. And for people back in the day, to, to be in the light of God was so challenging. God gave them a list of rules, and they had to try to keep these rules, but they couldn't keep up with it. And then finally, Jesus comes, and Jesus takes every obstacle, every extension cord, every power plug, every ESCOM that you might have needed to connect with God, to connect to the light of Jesus. He removed that, and He says, all you need, it's as simple as that, the most the simplest, most significant, life-changing decision you can ever make in your life is to follow Jesus. And he doesn't promise that there will be no more darkness. Because until the day of Jesus' return, there will be darkness in our world. And I can't promise to you today that if you make the decision to follow Jesus, that there will be no more darkness in your life. There will be some darkness. There will be moments of darkness. 2020s will come and they will go. Sickness and health will come and go. Riches and poverty will come and go. But Jesus does promise us that if we follow Him, the darkness will not overpower us. We will walk through the darkness in His light. Whatever you're facing, Jesus offers all the light you need to drive away the darkness. He offers His life. And it's not artificial life. It's not just money. It's not just power. It's not just abundance in whatever you think you need. He offers us true life. Life with purpose. Life with meaning. Life with significance. Life with joy. Life with peace. Life with hope. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about a son, a child that came to this world called Mighty God. That wants to shine light into your darkness. I want to tell you today that we, that Christmas is not only a reminder of the light of Jesus, but that Christmas is also a reminder that the light of Jesus is not supposed to be kept secret. God doesn't want us to keep it secret. When Jesus came, He told everyone about the light that is Jesus. And in Matthew 5, we read these beautiful words in Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, where Jesus tells the people, not only am I the light, but when you follow me, you receive the light, and now you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus is saying, the moment you follow me, you receive my light. But this light is worth nothing when you put a bucket over it. Not only will it block the light, but if you leave that bucket, the oxygen will be sucked out of it and that light will die. 
You see, we need to prevent the things that drown, drown the light from Jesus in our lives. We need to take that buckets off, whether it's sin in your life. You know what's, what's standing between you and God still. You know what's preventing His Spirit from flowing through you. I don't need to point out the sin in your life because the Spirit will do it. And you know what might be standing between you and God. And you need to remove that bucket so that the flame that Jesus lit in your life can burn bigger and so that it can burn brighter. But then he says, you don't want to hide this. You want to be like a city on a hilltop, a city that's shining for the world to see a place that people can come to. When the world is dark, a city that people can walk into and there will be light. You see, this, the light of Jesus was never supposed to be a secret. In the dark world we're living in, in the world where we will face challenges, where we will face pain, where we will face illness, where we will face everything that could come in a world like this, Jesus wants us to shine so brightly that other people can see Him in us. Guys, you might not know this. But your family member at home that never sits foot in church and still struggling to figure out if they're going to follow Jesus, your work colleague that's facing divorce, loss of their job, significant challenge in their life, the person standing in the queue behind you in the mall, the only light available to that person might be the light of Jesus in your life. You see, He lights a flame in our life so that we can share it with others. You receive the light of Jesus so that you can light the way for others still living in darkness. There's a song, a Mariah Carey song, all I need for Christmas is you. But I don't think she sings about the love of Jesus. But we can change that. We can, we can change that small letter Y to a capital letter Y. And we can change that all I need for Christmas is you. It's great to receive all kinds of presents and, and stuff. But the greatest gift we have already received, and that's the gift of Jesus. And that is what we need. We need the light of Jesus in our life this Christmas. And we need to share that light with others. So that the more we share, the more a world living in darkness will be lit up. Darkness has no power over you. Because light has come. Let's pray. Jesus, there's so much darkness in this world. Sometimes it's pitch black. Sometimes it's not super dark, but it's enough to fill me with fear. And I want to pray for every person hearing this prayer today. Online, in person, I pray, God, you know the darkness in their life. The relational challenges they have, the financial troubles. Emotionally, they might feel drained. Illness that they might be facing. You know what darkness we're facing. And I pray today, Jesus, that the light, 
that you bring will shine so brightly into our lives that the darkness will not have power over us any longer, that we would walk in the light. I pray that your light would light the way for our path. I pray that we would head into 2021, that we would head into this Christmas season, no longer trapped by the darkness, but that in you that we will walk in freedom. I know, Jesus, that Walking in your light doesn't mean that every challenge we're facing will be gone tomorrow. But I do pray that the challenges we're facing will not fill us with fear. Will not leave us paralyzed. Because we know that you are with us. And we know that you have conquered death. You have conquered the grave. You have conquered sin. You have conquered the enemy. Thank you, Jesus coming into this world and bringing your light. Amen.